0: Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hoop Ballers! Let's talk about your balls. Yep, your balls and the area around them. Let's talk about Manscaped.com. Go there and use promo code Hoop ball 20 hoopball H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. Use the promo code and go check out all the tools they have of trimming the hedges and taking care of your lawn. Like Lawn Mower 3.0 with a built-in LED light to help you get into those dark thigh crevices on the inner parts. Also, the gooch. It is hard to get to the gooch if you can't see it. So use the LED light with the anti-tugless technology on the Razor. Full, long battery life. Then, check out the Weed Whacker. Bring that out of the shed. Use it on your shrubs. Cut down what you need, down to bare minimum if you need to. It's got a nice anti-tugless technology, just like the lawnmower 3.0. It's also got a lithium battery. And, best news of all. These things are waterproof, so that way you can do it in the shower and take care of business in the cleanest way possible. HoopBall20 is the promo code that's going to get you free shipping as well as 20% off. I recommend using it. I recommend getting the complete care kit with your free shipping and your 20% off. Spend a little extra, get a lot more. There's a good care kit there for us gentlemen, face scrub, shampoo, ball treatment, in the area that surrounds our balls. I believe there's even a pair of underwear in there for our balls. So yeah, that's going to conclude the talk about our balls. Now let's talk about bets. Mybookie.ag is where all the hoop ballers take care of their winnings and where we place all of our wagers that we post in our article and the wager pass, as well as our free plays and our Discord chats. Yes, mybookie.ag use promo code hoopball h-o-o-p-b-a-l-l let them know that we sent you hell specifically type in my name i want them to know but most importantly you got to let them know what podcast that is and it is today in sports betting you let them know that we sent you and then we as a family get to grow We have today in sports betting. The following is a hoop bowl presentation. And another edition of Today in Sports Betting. I am your host, Devin Ellington, or at D A L E 007 on Twitter. You can also find me in the wager pass over at hoop ball.com, which is where you should be going right now to check out if you haven't already. New uh, new listeners, welcome in. Hello, hello. Want to talk a little bit about today's show, because it's going to be shortened. We're going to rapid fire through some MLB. Tonight's card lacking a bit of value, in my opinion. Going to preview some college football. But we wouldn't be able to do that without our sponsor, mybookie.ag. I uh, typically will do a pre-recorded segment that I drop into these episodes. But just to remind you multiple times over, promo code hoopball over at mybookie.ag will get you in there. And it will help us grow so we can give more. So help us use those promo codes, and uh, we'll make you some money through the wager pass. And then, uh, yeah, it's it's an even trade. Like I said, MLB, lots of stuff to just keep an eye on today. I'm not playing a lot. The suns look good. We got some ultimate disc in play tonight. New York Empire should be able to get a road win, in my opinion. Today's show is gonna be all over the place. Talk sponsor. Talk the website. We gotta talk about the rest of the team where you can find them at. You can get over at Hootball Gaming. Jonathan Martinez, our guy. So his Twitter handle is at Martinez, but instead of a AR, it's a four two. So M42 Tinez. Um he hit two for two on his home run props yesterday. It's just crazy. Crazy. He's hit three in a row at plus four hundred odds or higher. Eric Haas with the Tigers yesterday. As well as Fran Mill Reyes. All right. We also got some tally site stuff that we can look into. Ball's doing really well over there in the rankings. And uh, Blake, at Blake Watch, my left-hand man is uh, high up in the MLB rankings. Also disregard neighbor mowing the yard. Having a down week at 44% on tally site, but uh, hoping to have a good weekend to push into the top three. Currently at uh, fifth. My IQ is what's helping me uh, in there. My average winnings uh, based off an average of $10 bets. So, Uh, doing decent, but not really well this week. This week's had some weird games on it. Weird cards. Speaking of weird cards, let's get this Friday one rapid shot to you. Got some opinions on baseball stuff. It's going to be a tough look. It'll be a tough look tonight. But, uh... The Cubs and cards are already in action. But the 6 o'clock games tonight, 6-10, we have Pittsburgh and New York, which that is going to be a uh, game that was supposed to be played yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Um. So, uh, look, weather involved in this one, I'm, I'm – we gonna stay away. It got rescheduled. Um, let me let me just go ahead and stay off. I'm gonna talk about some games that I don't have strong opinions on up front, so we can get them out of the way, be transparent. Toronto, Tampa Bay. I would lean Toronto as an underdog. In fact, I'll pick them on tally site tonight. Already have. I love Alec Manoa. Them in, in the first five is something that uh, you know, holds some water to me. But again. I uh, haven't made my wager pass picks yet, so still figuring out which way I'm looking on all of this stuff. Sean McClanahan, the tough lefty for Tampa Bay's going. Toronto, decent against lefties. So with the over-under set at 8.5, I think that the total is in play. But then again, I have trust issues with Tampa Bay's offense, even though they've been better with uh, Wander Franco in there. So As of right now, this is a hold game. Atlanta, Miami, Zach Thompson pitching for Miami. One of their top prospects, Charlie Morton, who's actually been pitching a lot better as of late. This line's moved from minus 149 to minus 125 for the Braves, over under 7.5. Shade of minus 115 is going to 7.5, and and it's already moved from the 8. I, um... Look, the Marlins are on my do-not-bet list, and I think I need to incorporate games that they are involved in. So, look, personally speaking, that's how I'm looking at this one. I would like to back Morton, and I think there is value at minus 125. Obviously, it opened at almost minus 150. Morton's been doing better lately, and um, just look for uh, a decent start from him, I would say. Positive regression, definitely something that, He's looking to get into, I would say. Kansas City, Cleveland. This game was, uh, well, entertaining last night. Brad Keller and uh, Travis McKenzie on the mound. I would say the over in this one because the pitcher's involved, but uh, Kansas City on the road, their offense lacks. I, I just, they're, and that's the story of tonight's card, and you're going to hear a very, very, anticlimactic show today because I feel as though in whole today's card has so much conflicting data and numbers uh, bashing against each other. So one's got to give, but it's such a hard coin flip to figure if true analytics or if, um, you know, conflicting data or if other data will pull through. So this divisional game gives me hesitance to pick Cleveland's over 500, second place in the division, well behind the White Sox. Brad Keller gives up a shit ton of runs. Travis McKenzie, a prospect that hasn't really figured it out this year. The Royals do have some veteran and capable hitters, but again, on the road as an offense, they struggle. Cleveland's offense, not one of the most. Firepower ish offenses in the majors, either. So it's hard for me to back an offense in a bad spot that they normally struggle in, and an offense that just typically doesn't really do too much uh, too often. Dallas Keichel, Baltimore Orioles. Okay, so you would think that this is an instant back, instant play on the White Sox. But here's where, and this is where I struggle with the conflicting data. This is the biggest example of it in tonight's card in this game. The White Sox. I love backing them against lefties. I'm sorry, uh, in the first five. But I can't do it because they're on the road. I mean, I could, but last time I looked to back them in the first five, they were up against Yusei Kikuchi and uh, the Mariners they didn't get it done. Again, another team that just struggles on the road, and they're still shaking things up. I mean, they're playing well right now. Their pitching is so dominant. But they keep losing, guys. And I know it's Baltimore, but Jorge Lopez is on the mound. He had a good start last time out, uh, or the time before that. I can't recall. They all run together. But look, this is a slow start kind of game, and – The Orioles, I tried to back them the other night against a lefty, and it didn't work out. But look, the fact of the matter is the Orioles are actually decent. They're better, statistically speaking, in all offensive regards. I say all very generally, broadly. You know it's probably not every single number, but I mean, the vast majority. Tons of upgrade for the Orioles against lefties. They're best guys you know, get upgrades, and that's the biggest part. Then at 6'10", Vince Velasquez, the righty with his 4.5 ERA, takes on Garrett Richards with his 4.88 ERA in this game. Look, I like a side early, and I'm going to leave it at that because the over is really high at 11. Garrett Richards has some strikeout stuff. Philly's getting some runs across the plate lately, and their bullpen's pretty bad. Boston at home scores a lot of runs. Boston at home allows more runs than they do on the road, if I remember right. So, like the over, yeah, it makes sense to me. If I would back a total play, then it would be the over. It's getting minus 115 shade. Minus 130 money line home favorite for Boston. And for what it's worth, the movement on the line total went from one. I'm sorry, ten and a half to eleven. So not one full run, but half a run. Philly's getting lots of sharp love, lots of heavy money. 56% of the money is on Philly tonight. And uh I don't I I don't love a side in this one because the pitchers are too. You know, we, we've seen Vince Velasquez lately just get lit up. I targeted him him in one spot recently. Garrett Richards, like I said, strikeout stuff, but if his strikeout stuff isn't there, he's given up a hit after hit after hit. Home run, extra base hit, walks, like you know. So, Boston does hit really well against, well, at home in general, but against righties. Their team to- and both these team totals are set at five and a half. So I mean those that's a little high for me. If I could have got the five for Boston, I was thinking about it here uh, as we talk about it on the podcast. And it's such a slim and limited card, and there's slight rain that's going to be possibly. Um, so I am going to say that I'm looking to back Boston because I think the strikeout stuff early will be there and, you know, Philly can and does strike out pretty often. Then, you know, this will be a wager pass play, so I'm going to give this one out for free on the show, but because the card is so limited in my eyes and because I, you know, look, maybe it's on me. You know, there's so much to bet on tonight, but look, I just honestly do not like any of it pittsburgh and the mets like i would still look at taking the under in that or in the first five just you know or first half even though it's a post or a made-up game so and there's still more games to talk about and today is going to be rapid fire so i'm not doing too many deep dives which is probably why i don't have as much so my condolences Oakland and Texas, Cole Irvin, the lefty, and Jordan Lyle's on the mound. Um, Here's something that maybe I can find uh, in back. Look, uh, Oakland against Rydie's doing a lot better. They're healthier. Oakland in the first five with a pick at minus 110. Jordan Lyle's gives up some hard contact, and he has issues with his walks. So I'm looking to maybe uh, – Take a stab on him. Chad Pinder is out indefinitely, however. But guys like Murphy, Brown, Loriano's back, so that's great. Kemp and Piscotty. Elvis Andrews hits really good against righties, 275, which is good for him. It's an upgrade from his 237 average. Piscotty, let's hope that he's not in the lineup. Uh, He hits 162 against righties. Matt Chapman, the Matt's got to do it. You know, they rely on them. Versus lefties, Charlie Culberson, Nick Solak, the only guys you really need to worry about. Joey Gallo, I mean, he's always got moonshot power. So I'm looking at Oakland in the first five. And just to look at some home road splits. 23-17. and Houston, or I'm sorry, Oakland is on the on the road, so I'm looking to back the A's in the first five. So why not? Why not? Why not? Detroit, Minnesota. I was on Detroit last night in the wager pass, which we went three and two in for plus point eight five units. So just shy of a unit. We didn't lose anything. Didn't lose the vig. So it's a winning night. Let's roll it out. Mitch Manning, Kentamaeda. Nine and a half is the total. I want to say yes. I want to go on it. But Detroit's offense right now, um, you know, I'm not looking to jump on that. Um, Nine and a half was my initial look. It was on my holds. So not looking to do anything there. Yankees have this Nick Cortez Jr. kid playing uh, Nestor, I'm sorry, Cortez Jr., Jake Odorizzi on the mound for the Astros in Houston. Uh, over under nine. I've been slacking on Houston overs lately, so I'm going to personally lay off that. Um, minus one and a half on the run line, plus 140 for Houston. Four and a half is the total. Team total for Houston, I'm going to go ahead and take a whack at that, even though I don't know much about this Nestor kid. Um, but it's at home. Houston's playing some of the best ball right now. Nestor's a lefty. Houston against lefties, of course. New York's getting 59% of the money. So, a lot of... Backers of the Yankees, Jose Altuve's been red hot. Yuli Gurriel and Toro always looking to do damage against lefties. Lots of 300 averages against left-handed hitters. This could be a grind fest, but over four and a half for the Astros team total with the uh, relief pitching of the Yankees being weak. I really like that play. Taylor Widener and David Price are going to be going against each other. David Price, man, how about how about him? He's come back. He's starting to pitch better. Taylor Widener's pitching really well. Eight and a half is a look on the over that I like because I think the Dodgers bats are going to do a lot of damage themselves. So real briefly on that game, that's a look I'm looking to take. And then the Dodgers in the um, first yeah, it's still minus 180, so we're not looking to play anything in support of the Dodgers. They're playing the Diamondbacks after all. Minus one and a half on the run line, still minus 135, so let's go ahead and stay away. Taylor Widener is actually a really good – not really – okay, he's a good prospect. He's a good pitcher. Uh, some people get flabbergasted when I say really good, but, I mean, he he's more good than he is bad, um, so – Wade Miley, Eric Lauer on the mound, Cincinnati on the road, two lefties, Lauer, Miley, um, Joey Votto, 197 against lefties, Jesse Winker, 182 against lefties, Anastas Sakino, 174 against lefties, uh, Tucker Barnhart, 130 against lefties, Eugenio Suarez, 118 against lefties, which his average is 177 anyways. He's under the Mendoza line. Jackie Bradley Jr., 128 against lefties. M- uh, Manny Pena, 139 against lefties. Kestin Hira, .098 against lefties. Wow. I would say... And see, here's the thing where the odds makers and I aren't getting along with today. Along with the card being really weird, they're just jacking stuff up with their juice. And again, it's only juice if you lose, but I don't want to take this much juice on an under team total for the Brewers. It's minus 135 in most spots at under four and a half. So that just kind of puts me off that play. Um, under four and a half in the first five is a look that I like because Wade Miley is a good pitcher and, uh, I like his deceptive stuff and the Brewers being pretty bad against lefties, I think is not a, uh, short-term trend Cincinnati being on the road. I've talked to my plenty of crap about them, uh, being bad. And so, yeah, give me that's and this is a game on YouTube, so this will be a fun game. But, um, give me under four and a half in the first five, and I will take here. I want to look at something a little deep. This is the deepest we'll go today. I promise I didn't plan this, and um, I want to look up Wade Miley. Um, splits and stuff real quick because over five and a half strikeouts which I mean Milwaukee doesn't strike out a lot as a team so this could be moot be a moot point but bear with me I might I, I want to look at a strikeout prop for either of the pitchers Eric Lauer or Wade Miley I mean I'm okay with either but uh I want to know how much how many times each team strikes out per game. But, uh, yeah, Wade Miley's got a 19.7 strikeout percentage, which is good for a light blue coloring on baseball savant. Um, Eric Lauer, Lauer, 23.6, higher, but, um, yeah, let's see. And then let's see what some batters do. Well, I might just go ahead and go with Miley. Over 5.5 at plus 103. There's a lot of blue on K percentages for the Brewers as hitters. And with as bad as they are against lefties, I'm looking to take advantage of that. Now, if we look at Miley, let's see what he's got here. I'm going to look at his page, and then we're going to figure out if it's worth going more forward with. I've got it queued up, and we're going to see. So give me one second as I pull out strikeouts per game and strikeout percentages. So with Wade Miley, I mean, he's high percentile in everything except with percentage. In K percentage. So, I mean, that's probably not a good starting point. Against right-handed batters is where he struggles, so it'd be interesting to see what Milwaukee does with their lineup. He had three strikeouts his last game. He only made one start in June, three strikeouts. He had over... Five and a half strikeouts, one, two three times three three times uh so three out of his five starts last month went over um he's hit five three times this season, so um let's see what he does on the road. He averages more strikeouts on the road in a lower whip, 37 strikeouts on the road versus 35 at home in four less innings and 21 less batters faced. So his road splits are good. His K percentage is a little worrisome, but Milwaukee struggles very badly against lefties. And let's see. As a team, who the lowest? Okay, so Milwaukee is uh, only in front of Detroit and Tampa Bay in the majors for strikeouts per game. They struck out seven times last game out. They've averaged 9.33 over their last three. And at home, they strike out 9.67 times on average. So, all right. Hey, we're going to go Wade Miley over 5.5Ks. Did not plan on that, and I was not willing to do a deep dive at first. But, hey, over 5.5Ks, if you can find a five to get a chance at a push, I don't blame you. But you should get even money. So we're going to go Wade Miley over five and a half strikeouts, and that will probably make his way into the wager pass. So you're getting a decent amount of freebies today. Um, So let's finish up by talking about Washington, San Fran, and we'll move on. Espino, Espino, I'm sorry, and then Logan Webb on the mound for the Giants. Man, the Nationals have been playing really well lately, and they are coming on the road. Uh, Nine-mile-per-hour wind out. Offenses are clicking for both these teams. I like, well, Buster Posey, Lamont Wade, uh, Jay Davis. They're all questionable or out indefinitely. Um, Crawford, Solano, Duggar, Yaz. These guys are capable. And then righties Trey Turner, and um, as Druble. I'm sorry, Acevedo Escobar, uh, Juan Soto. You know they're they're above 300 against righties. Over eight and a half is something that I'm looking to lean to. Three and a half is a low team total for Washington, who's been as hot as they've been. And I know this kid on the mound for the Giants is a good pitcher and all, and the Giants play really good team defense and they don't allow a ton of runs, but. I think Washington could even win this game with the hot streak they're on after beating up on the Padres. So I'm looking to back Washington's team total over 3.5 in this spot. Um, I think it's a good look with a limited value on the card. Um, Yeah, so finished up there on the MLB side. I'm going to preview the Ohio Bobcats, so shout out Troy Markowski, our guy, um, our soccer guy, our basketball pro. And uh, Ohio alumnus. So uh, alumnus, and I want to talk about the special team rankings over the last few years for Ohio. Just throwing this out there first. It's not going to be the most important part of the breakdown. This is a season preview of Ohio, and I'm going to talk about what I like in regards to how we can look at their season. So, with that being said, follow Troy at Dwayne the Rock J on Twitter. And, um, yeah, special teams starting back in 2015, 82nd, 2016, 43rd, 7th, 7th, 2019, 57th, 2020, 10th. Special teams is a good way in college football for you to win close games and for you to cover spreads. College athletes will do stupid stuff from time to time, very dumb, numbskull things, and they cost us points on the spread, and they cost us money from time to time. So when I see that and I see the consistency and the success in that in their coaching... You know, it speaks volume, volumes to me. Um, So I want to talk about this team, their season upcoming, and what to expect because they got a really, really exciting quarterback, Nathan Rourke, who is going to be – I'm sorry, Curtis Rourke. Nathan was his brother that played quarterback before he took over. And he is a red shirt freshman. He played last year. Um, so he is returning. They return all conference talent at their running back position, paired with upperclassmen at receiver. The O line is gonna return four out of five. And they added a huge, literal, huge six foot seven, three hundred and seventy-seven pound Virginia Tech transfer and TJ Jackson to help anchor that offensive line, that's going to be great for pass pro huge for Rourke in his development. I think Rourke will have a really good year. He could be the best quarterback in the conference. There's some really good conference quarterbacks in the Mac. And as we look at the win total, which is set at uh, six and a half with all that they're returning and with the defensive passing ratings seeing a, an expected increase, they returned most of the secondary on top of their highest recruit ever in Shikari Denson. So this defense has improved. Now, the thing is, they got to beat the teams that they uh, should beat. And on October 2nd, one of those is an away, or I'm sorry, one of those is, uh, yeah, it is an away game at Akron. And then later in the year, November 16th, they go to Toledo. That'll be a big one. But to end their season 10 days later against Bowling Green, they've got to get that one. Now, at the beginning of their schedule against Syracuse September 4th, that's a... I'm going to go ahead and put that in as an L. Duquesne's win. Louisiana. Ooh, the raging Cajuns. Thursday night, Sunbelt, Mac, Battle. That's an L. ULL could definitely be up there with Coastal Carolina in the Sun Belt this year. So got them one and two starting off the their first three. Then they play Northwestern. As much as they're returning and all this talent, looking at this schedule so far, I don't know if we get to six and a half. With the extra hook, I think we got to be at one way or the other. We got to be looking at avoiding that hook. Then they play Central Michigan for their homecoming game after they come home from Akron. And look, they go three road games in a row. Louisiana, Northwestern, Akron. Man. They do have Frank Solick coming back as their head coach for the 17th year. That continuity, the program, that that is huge. He's one of the best college coaches out there. I think they win their homecoming game. So we got them at four wins so far with one, two, three, four, five wins or five games remaining. They're not beating Kent State. I don't think they beat Kent State, and that is October 23rd. It's a home game. Miami of Ohio, this is a great divisional rivalry game. And look, tensions will be high. That's November 2nd. They're coming off of a bye. It's a home game. I think Ohio gets there. Buffalo, Buffalo's losing a lot, including their head coach. And this game is October 16th. So I think that they could win three in a row from October 2nd to the 16th, beating Akron, Central Michigan, and Buffalo. So what, we have them at one, two, three, four, five. We got them at six right now. Can they beat one of... Eastern Michigan or Toledo? Eastern Michigan's on the road. Toledo's at home. I think they win the one at Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan's not that great. We'll be uh, previewing them eventually also. Toledo's tough. They got that crumb kid at quarterback. Toledo could win the Mac. Um So look, we got them seven and, what is that, seven and five? Seven and five. So, I like that. Seven and five. And there's lots more to talk about with the Ohio Bobcats. So, if you do want to talk more about maxion football, we'll have that covered. We're going to have some awesome, awesome collaborative stuff coming. And uh, for what it's worth... The Ohio Bobcats home field edge expected four points. And take that into consideration. All righty. Well, I think that should wrap today's show. I so said it was going to be a rapid fire. We covered a college football preview. Let's go ahead and uh, move on to the outro if you have any questions, please do. Or comments or whatever, rude gestures, whatever you want to do. At DALE 007 or at Hootball Gaming. Please don't forget to use the promo codes that we harp about. It's how we grow and how we can give more free stuff to you guys. So if you haven't already, do something nice or kind for someone today. Be safe. I'm sending you all of my positive vibes, all my positive energies. Today in Sports Betting is out. This has been a hoop HoopBall presentation.